Welcome, Tree Hugger. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm Stacy Pulley from Family Tree Therapies. And I'm Terry Cooper. And we have brought a hot topic today. Tips for reading with your child. We struggled with the title. We did. Tips for reading or... Benefits of reading. Or being a great reader. How to create a reader. How to create a reader. Mm-hmm. I like that. Or, well, no, never mind. We can stop right there. Okay. Let's create a reader and let's talk about all the things that go into reading and what an exciting opportunity and experience that reading can be for learning. Mm-hmm. That's a good title, too, but it's long. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so first off, from a speech and language perspective, you know, uh, we forget to mention this, but I am a speech and language pathologist, and Terry is an occupational therapist. Yeah, so together, we get a little chatty about our professions. Professions, yes, and <laughs> <laughs> there are times. I enjoy I, being Stacy's side. And I just stare at her, and then I wait for her to fill in the blank. Because that's how we present when we present live. Okay, so you'll often hear us say from our perspective, but I should have clarified. So from a speech and language perspective, so many things. She's got a list about 15 things in front of her. No, I've got a list. I don't think I'm going to go through all of them. Maybe you should. I've got a list of 15, but they're in my head. I think she just tried to one-up me. (laughs) I'm going to say I planned a little better. All right. Let's see what's going on here. Let's start with the tips from a speech and language perspective. (laughs) Let's do that. Okay. So basically, well, no, I want to start from you. Okay. I want to start with what does the environment need to look like? Mm. Oh, from Mm -hmm. the bottom up. In terms of reading, choosing a book, Mm -hmm. where do you even start? What does your body want to look like when you're reading with your child, Tara? (laughs) I feel like there might be a wrong answer. I'm nervous. Here's the deal. (laughs) This could be edited. There's a few different things that you look for when you're reading. One... The primary component that I look for if and when I'm reading with a child is actually what their visual system is able to do. Visual system. So when we're looking at their visual system, what are their eyes doing? I want the book to be in a position such that their eyes, of course, can see it, right? And potentially, you are behind them, supporting them. Potentially, they're cozied up and you are sort of in front of them so that you can see what their eyes are doing. We want to work on a couple of things while you're reading. You're working on sustained visual attention. Are they looking at the picture? Are they taking in the whole picture? Are they able to actually begin some of this horizontal tracking that's needed for reading? Can their eyes follow your finger to to a point on the picture? Can their eyes follow your finger with the words? Potentially, can their finger follow along as you, you are reading? So all of these things work towards developing the visual skills that are needed for reading. That was a really good answer. Thanks. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so reading is an experience, and I really enjoy that Terry had mentioned the postural support component, because I think a lot of times parents get caught up in sitting on the lap and reading, but we miss out on checking in with their eyes, seeing where their eyes are looking, and seeing if their eyes are actually going to what Mm -hmm. we're talking about, because that leads us to vocabulary development, leads us to uh, greater language comprehension. So to be able to identify the object with our eyes visually, to be able to point it out, then we see the symbol for whatever we said. Let's say we said cat. We can point to the cat, and then later when I want to talk about that book or if I want to talk about a cat versus a dog, I have to visualize what a cat is, and now I have experience with the cat because I saw it in the book if I don't have one in my house. 
And now I can talk a little bit more clearly from that visual picture. So you really need to make sure that their body is supported so their eyes can move so that they can start to develop the vocabulary and language that they need to enjoy the book, really. Mm-hmm. Because reading, we want, oh, she was going to say something. Mm, okay. I was just going to throw in, we really want reading to be more of a conversation or an experience. So not getting lost so much in the reading too. And I know there's a time we read two kids, like if they're sleepy and we're reading something um, a little bit longer, something they enjoy, have heard a million times. But really I want us to set it up more like an experience or a conversation as we're reading because there's a lot of growth and language development that can happen. And one way to do that, in addition to taking a look at where their eyes are looking and how their body is positioned, probably hopefully supported posturally, is what are their hands doing? Reading is an awesome opportunity to use two hands to to develop some bilateral coordination skills as well as the fine motor skills of turning the page. So are they able to sustain the grasp that's needed? Are they able to use both hands? Are they able to hold it so that their eyes can see it? Again, working on that eye-hand coordination from simply holding the book. And what an important crossover to what we've talked about before in that not doing for the child anything they can do for themselves. Mm -hmm. What a great sense of empowerment early on that that child has a sense of control. Maybe I pick the book. Maybe there's two or three books. I get to pick the order. And then I get to hold the book. And Mm -hmm. I get to turn the pages. And so offering those little opportunities throughout the day, too, to have to put them in control when they're little, like Mm -hmm. two to four years old, which is when they really like to pick them out. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, the basics for becoming a reader outside of the experience is obviously you're giving them that phonological awareness where you're doing that sound to symbol relationship where they're learning what, what sounds the letters make. Um, and you're helping auditory processing wise to map those sounds. What's the difference between P and B? Um, and being able to map those inside of your mind so that you have those little individual bits of auditory information that later makes up a word, that later makes up an image or something that we can comprehend and talk about. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? I think it's great. Oh, she paused with I an agree. expectant look. No. Mm-hmm. I thought she was going to say. For more, I'm waiting for more. I thought she was going to say, excellent, which oh. is sometimes how she likes to <laughs> punctuate <laughs> the sentences that I say. Excellent, Stace. Okay, so going on down my list, I mean, mm-hmm. since I wrote it down, I might as well say let's it. Let's do it. So let's talk about the problem solving and making predictions. I like question asking during books. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily read every single word, and I like to add a little intrigue, a little affect as I'm reading. And when you ask a question... Yes. I like to have a rule that every question deserves an answer. I like that rule. Mm-hmm. So Stacy's not saying pepper your child with questions. Oh, that's that's the point mm-hmm. she was getting at. She mm-hmm. wanted me to mm-hmm. interject that. Correct. Mm-hmm. When I say... Excellent. Uh, uh, excellent. She, <laughs> I now I'm picking up what she's laying down. In case you didn't, let me clarify. If you're asking the question and you're getting the child involved, you're saying things like, what do you think is going to happen next? Not your as, eyes can help you make a smart guess. Oh. We're triggering that visual system. Look at that. Looking always at go, look visual at that. goes back finger. to the vision. Mm. The vision mm-hmm. always full circle. Mm-hmm. So what you're not doing is what color is her shirt? What is that? What's this? Where? What's the dog say? What's the cow say? Those kind of questions are not ones that are interactive or contribute to language development. 
you're going to ask the question that deserves an answer and you're going to ask the question so that they're thinking more internally as to what's happening next making that prediction trying to solve a problem they've learned maybe the sequence of the book or they've read the book a thousand times and they already know what's coming next and so now you're cueing them not only their visual system but you're cueing that language imagery system so they can picture the page that was next or they have a picture of or an idea that they're going to talk about before they turn the page they turn the page Please, please. Mm-hmm. And if they have a hard time turning the page, you can speak to their fingertips. You can tell mm. their thumb, their index finger, exactly what to do um, to make that happen. Give us an example of what you would say. Mm. Well, it would sort of depend on the child I was actually going to, and then it might be awkward. I'm not sure. It might be something like flip and pinch over, something of the sorts. I like that. So she's mm-hmm. when she did that, she did a little gesture where she squeezed her fingers together, flip and pinch over and then giving a little bit of language you know our, our brains are very pattern seeking so sometimes if that motor planning is challenging a little rhythm or a little uh, rhyme is super helpful mm-hmm. which leads us to the next one on my list fantastic rhythm and rhyme <gasps> that was good mm-hmm. uh, prosody timing so a lot of books have as you know um, they have some kind of little sequence or song or uh, some kind of rhythm that they're following where it always has the same answer at the end um, and so kids understanding when words start and stop and being able to pick up the time and the uh, the timing and the pacing in between words is really helpful auditory processing-wise um, for something called temporal processing, which is the process processing of timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, which so- is really helpful from an overall self-regulation standpoint. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the kids that, that we see have some sensory processing or self-regulation issues, and something as simple as reading and developing that sense of prosody and rhythmicity within your voice is wonderful to set the stage for self-regulation. And if you've been listening to our podcast, let's go full circle again. Also wonderful for that sense of what does it feel like to pause, mm. right? A lot of our kids, we don't necessarily want um, always a reaction. We want a response, right? So learning how to pause and what a pause feels like and having that anticipation, but having that anticipation be comfortable, which mm-hmm. is what Terry's talking about with regulation. Um, so, of course, I mentioned affect, reading books with affect and teaching about social cues and showing... What is affect? Affect. I mean, I know, but... <laughs> But you're going to question me. So affect that facial expression, maybe the intonation in your voice and expressing that in a way that's also regulating, Mm -hmm. not too much affect. Mm -hmm. Affect doesn't always have to be loud. Correct. Actually, it shouldn't really be loud. Okay, I should qualify that. Um, So affect is just something inviting. So it's something that adds a little bit of spice to the reading. Did you want to add to that? No, I'm giggling at spice. You liked spice. Mm. I saw you laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what word? I Yeah, okay. So um, experiencing feelings safely, I think that's a big one. Because sometimes we can experience a little, oh, no. And then we're figuring out, oh, well, she could ask for help. Or she could request, how do I do that? She could figure out the problem all on her own. Her eyes can get the information. So sometimes giving those experiences safely within a book to know that anger doesn't last forever or sadness can be overcome, that's kind of a a nice benefit to reading as well. Especially when you can find some certain books that bring up said topics. Mm-hmm. 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 It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a lot of those books here. Mm-hmm. We, we love, we have, that we could have a whole podcast on all of our favorites. We One of a- my favorite books is written by Wayne Dyer. Mm-hmm. It's called How What You Say Can Gain, or no, it's not. That's 
called No Excuses. No Excuses. Mm-hmm. How what you say can get in your way. And that's Wayne Dyer, D-Y-E-R. Shout out to Dr. Dyer because he passed away a couple years ago. But he wrote a tremendous children's line, mm-hmm. um, one called Unstoppable Me. Um, there's something about, there's one about money as well, isn't there? Handling yeah. money? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. She I like the sea there. turtle. She no excuses. <laughs> no excuses is her favorite. She ends there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I have a favorite book. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh. I have an absolute favorite book. It's, it's written special... by my best friend, one of my favorite people in the entire universe. Who is that? You. Ah. <laughs> it's written by Stacey Bully. And it is illustrated by Anne Rusky, a lovely friend of ours. We wrote this long ago together and recently self-published it on Amazon. And we're going to send you the link to that in the in the podcast notes. Um, the book is called? Oh, it, I didn't even say it. It's called Addie's Big Day. It's called Picture It, Addie's Big Day. If you just Google Addie's Big Day, it's harder to find oh, really? on Amazon. I mm-hmm. thought, well, okay. Addie's Big Day. It is true that it's called Picture It First, Addie's Big Day, Addie being my kiddo. So that's usually what we call it around here, the old ABD. And this is, <laughs> she's never said that before. It's not true. I say it at home just to tease Addison. Uh, this book, though, <laughs> is wonderful because it actually is a book in which the content is about developing the ability to have this, this visual image and being able to picture things in your mind. Right. And how that picture can help you with regulation, with memory, Mm-hmm. And with, yeah, with vocabulary and development and, and expression and reception. And so as you're going through and you're reading the book, it's actually teaching parents the language of how to teach comprehension. It's kind of unique, I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll, we'll give you the link to Amazon uh, and how to purchase that if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll also be at Garfield Park. Yes. That's an event where we're going to be reading Addie's Big Day, and we'll have many copies. And that is, oh my goodness, June 27th? Is that when it is, Terry? It is a Tuesday in June. It's the Tuesday in June. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say the 27th because... I'm not sure. My phone just got stuck to a piece of gum. I'm going to be honest with everyone. <laughs> and I can't, can't look up the date. I can't look up the date right now. But um, it's a really, really cool event. And yeah, that's all we got to say. So in summary, reading, you can work on vision, fine motor skills, language... Conversation, relationships, emotions. I mean, what can you Self-regulation. Not, what can you not do with a book? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Excellent. All right. Excellent. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.